welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. I'm excited for tonight because uh, we have three leaders speaking tonight who's decided to hear them. Uh, tonight is a three for ten. And so how the order is going to go is that we're going to have three speakers each speak for 10 minutes. Speak for 10. Uh, and uh, these three um, people coming up to speak are leaders in our church. We love them. Um, they're people who uh, ex- exemplify exactly who Jesus, not only who, who Jesus is, but who Covenant Life Center is. And it's who we you know, aspire to be like. And so I'm excited for tonight. Um, I'm ready just to listen. I'm ready to take notes. Um, the topic of tonight is servant leadership. Um, what that means is this. Uh, what serving not only does for people around you, but what it does for you, you know? And um, so to kick off tonight, I'm excited to welcome up. Um, she's a prayer warrior. Uh, we love her. Um, she has so much wisdom. Um, anytime I talk to her, uh, we talk for like 30 minutes about Jesus, and it felt like five. You know what I'm saying? Like those people you just enjoy talking to. And um, like I said, she's a prayer warrior. So please um, give a hand clap for Miss Deidre. Bro. Good night, everyone. It's a pleasure for me to be in the house of God. I feel really happy being here tonight. I want to give thanks and honor to my dearest pastor, Pastor Bobby and Pastor Don to allow me to be here to speak with you tonight. My topic tonight is why is it important to pray for our pastor, church, and city? What is prayer? Prayer is a solemn request for help or expression or thanks addressed to God. Another author defines prayer as simply paying attention to God. The utmost reason to pray is because God has commanded us to pray, right? And if we are obedient to the word of God, we are to pray. There are several passages in the Bible that encourage us to pray. As for the interest of time, I will not read it in its entirety. Matthew 5 verse 44 says, pray for those who persecute you. Matthew 6, 5, and when you pray, Matthew 6, 9, this then is how you should pray. Romans 12, 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Ephesians 6, verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and request. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Colossians 4.2, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5.7, pray continually. 1 Timothy 2.1, I urge then first of all that request prayer, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. And Mark 11.24, Therefore I say unto you, what things ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive, and them, and ye shall have them. So you see here, the, this is just a few 
of the scripture that encourage us to pray. Prayer is our lifeline to God. That's what connects us to God. And if you notice, the more we pray, the more connected we are to God, the more our prayers are being answered. So we must pray. It is a request. Prayer is an act of obedience, right? And if we're obedient to God, we're going to stay in prayer. Our pastors and his family need our prayer. We have intercessory prayer. And what is intercessory prayer? That's where we stand in the gap for our pastors, right? It encourages him. He feels assured to know that the congregation is praying for him while he seeks to advance the kingdom of God. We know we are in spiritual warfare, right? The Bible encourages us and tells us that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. And all the things that we are seeing happening in, around the world is because of spiritual attack, especially on the churches. We see where the church is being attacked, where people are being killed in the house of refuge, right? We see it. It's right there before us. So there's no doubt in our mind that the devil wants to take us out. Jesus walked this earth for 33 and a half years. And all he did was good. But yet still, they fought against him. He died for our sins to set us free. So there we are to get down in prayer. right? Pray for our family, our pastors, and ourselves, our community. Pastors faces higher judgment. To whom much is given, much is required. Right? It is a rewarding but dangerous job. James cautions, cautions us that many, many should not become teachers. And why? Because they face stricter judgment. They watch over our souls. So therefore, they will face higher judgment. Pastors also... They are also stewards of God's glory in the church and before the community. Their character is to be sterling and their reputation unblemished. God expects much of them. So there are to be blameless ministers and we should do much for them in prayer. Our pastors knowing that, know that they are being prayed for. It warms their hearts and it encourages them to do more, to, to, to go on, right? Pastors face more intense temptations. We are, we, are, we are faced with different sorts of temptation in the world. And pastors are humans just as we are. They are not superheroes. They go through emotional turmoils just as we do. And say it, it only pleases Satan to destroy him. He's the head of the church. The pastor is like the body. If the head is not functioning properly, then what is going to happen to the body? The body is going to be dead. So it's the same thing with the pastor. He's the one who intercedes on our behalf. So we have to bear him up in prayer. When the pastor is destroyed, the whole church is scattered. There's no unity right? Everybody has gone their own way, and that's when the devil gets the victory. So we have to bear them up in prayer that God will sustain and keep them. 
pastors face unique pressures. There are days pastors carry the weight of the world and for reasons of confidentiality. All they can do is just keep it all inside, whether it's a piercing word of criticism, a church member's scandalous sin, a draining counseling session, a rigorous day of sermon preparation, or just the operational challenges of most congregations. To run a church is not easy. It's a lot of burden. A lot of us come here, we enjoy the, the, the music, the lighting, the AC, but it just doesn't happen overnight. It takes work. It takes sacrifice. And we have to appreciate our pastor by encouraging him. Sometimes we see him, we encourage him, pastor, we are praying for you. Just imagine being over 400 members and each of us have different needs. It can be overwhelming at times. So we have to bear them up in prayer. Praying for our church. Also, we need to stay in constant prayer for our church. This building is not the church. We as the body of Christ is the church. So we have to pray for each other. The word of God say what? Well, we should bear each other up in prayer. Right? So when we pray for the church, it brings peace, anointing, fellowship, strength, the presence of God, the destruction of the enemy's plan and attack. Therefore, allowing the church to carry out its function God intended. And what is the function of the church? The saving of soul, the healing of sick, reaching out to the hopeless, the lost, and sustaining of members on the pathway of this Christian journey. Just imagine, without the church, the whole world will be lost. Prayer is the link between man and God. And that, bonds, and that builds a, a strong bond that is needed to sustain and protect the community, the city, and the world. So you notice when you pray, God reveals things to you more. Your prayers are being answered more. There's a different feeling. I can't, I can't tell you the feeling, the experience. You have to experience it yourself. But just do it on a daily basis. You don't have to do it for an hour or two hours, just a minute or a, or a couple seconds, just to say, Lord, have mercy upon me. Help me to do it today. You don't have to be eloquent. He just wants you to have a heart for him, to communicate with him. That's what he wants us to do. And also to pray for our city, it's very important. Why is it important to pray for our city? The Bible states that, the devil is like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The devil wants to destroy us. He doesn't love us, right? He's out with his agents because the word of God said when he was cast down from heaven, he wasn't alone. So he, he have his agents working on his behalf. And his aim is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He has no peace to give us. So if we look at what is happening around the world, our young people are being attacked by the enemy. They are being enticed and are consumed by the attractions of the enemy. Drugs, social media, immoral behavior, alcoholism, gangs, abuse, and the list goes on. Many persons today are bound by the enemy. 
And as a result, they cannot break themselves free. I'm sure a lot of us come to service sometimes. We are so downhearted. We feel so hopeless. We feel like we can't go on. And from the moment we step through those doors and start worshiping God, and when the spirit of God overtakes us, it's like we feel different. There's a burden that is lifted. We don't remember that we have problems, right? That's when we get, we get the breakthrough. That's where he breaks the connection from the enemy. So that is why our church is important. I am sure a lot of us have testimonies where we have prayed for ourselves. We have asked people to pray for us. And we see the results. Why do you think that is? Because God is working on our behalf. So we have to stay in constant communication with the Lord. And we have to go down in prayer. The Bible says we must what? Cease not to pray. That's what is encouraging, especially in this day and age that we are living in. We don't need somebody to tell us what is happening. We see it on the news. We hear it right around, in, even in our very own community. We have seen where the devil is on a rampage and is out to take out the young people. Why? Because they are the future. He messes with their mind to try to destroy them. So we have to depend on the word of God to help us in battle. And how do we draw God's attention? By praying, right? That is how we, we draw God's attention. So children of God, if you're cast down, if you feel hopeless, if you feel like, you know, you have nobody to turn to, just turn to God. He will hear your faintest cry, and he will answer by and by. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He's right there with you, right? He said, call unto me, and I will answer you. There, there, there is a hymn that I love. I just want to leave this hymn with you. I love this hymn dearly to my heart. It says, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our griefs and sin to bear. What a privilege to carry everything, not some things, everything to God in prayer. God bless you all. Let's give, her, let's give her one more hand clap. That was awesome. Power of prayer. I'm telling you, I didn't want her to stop, but I look, you know, she, that was awesome, Ms. DH. That was awesome. Uh, who knows the importance, you know, if we don't pray for them, you know, that is our burden, you know, when we have Jesus on the inside of us is to activate him or not really activate, activate him through us through prayer, right? And so when we don't do that, you know, that's, that's us showing love to the world is when we pray for our city, our church, and our pastors. So awesome, Miss Stage. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, so the next person we'd like to welcome up, uh, she uh, is the worship leader here. Um, she's awesome. Uh, she does a ton of stuff here at the church. Uh, she's extremely talented. Uh, she's one of those people who's like extremely talented, yet extremely humble at the same time, right? It's, that's a hard balance to keep, but she has it. Um, she has a heart of kindness. Uh, so please help me welcome Miss Haley Rivera.
counting. One, two, three. There we go. Okay, guys. Hi. Y'all doing good tonight? Yeah? So I have something that I want to talk about that I've been just meditating on the last day or so. And um, it's called, the, the uh, topic for tonight is In My Feelings. And does anybody just ever get in your feels? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you're just getting that, you just, I don't know about you, but I can get like that sometimes and you just start, the thoughts come, you're like, I'm not going to do that, like, I'm not going to be doing that right now, like, I don't feel like it. Yeah, that's me. But Jesus helps me with that, amen? So there's a man in the Bible, because I was trying to think of who I could talk about, that got in his feels, and (laughs) Jonah is uh, one of the people in the Bible, and I'm sure y'all have all heard this story like in Sunday school growing up. Who, who's heard this story about Jonah? Y'all know? Yeah? Really? Well, if you don't know it, I'm going to tell you. So in the beginning of the story, Jonah is given an assignment by God, and God tells him, okay, so I want you to go, get a, go to this city called Nineveh. They're really bad people. They're not bad people, but they just do bad things, and I want you to tell them, I want you to deliver this message to them. So Jonah gets in his fields, and he gets up, and he goes in the complete opposite direction that Jesus tells him to go. And the scripture says, the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing the violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. So he sends a storm on the ship, and the men on the ship, they're like freaking out, like, what's going on? Why is this happening? And they realize that Jonah is the reason that this is happening. So They end up throwing him off the boat, ship, and he's eaten, swallowed by a well, and then he spit out three days later, right? And then he finally listens to God and goes to Nineveh, and he delivers a message, and all is well, right? He would not have gone through all that trouble if he would have just listened to God in the first place, not given into what he was thinking going, probably thinking, I'm not qualified for this. Like, I can't do this on my own. Like, God, I'm not the right person for this, right? So he was really just giving in to his feelings, and he let his heart deceive him. So Proverbs 4, 23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Our hearts and feelings deceive us, and we need his spirit to guide us. Amen? See, without, living without his spirit is a very dangerous place to be in. Especially as a child of God, we can start to ignore his voice, not even hear his voice, and we begin to kind of take on a mindset that's like, okay, God, like I can do this on my own. So we can continue serving in the church, continue working where we are, and not even hear God and think we, we're doing the right thing because we're doing his work and he's not in our life, you know? So as we continue this pattern, we start doing it in our own strength, right? We start doing it in our own ability. We eventually find ourselves having no more joy in what we're doing, kind of going through the motions and in what he's called us to do. And without his spirit, it's a struggle to give. But with his spirit, it's a pleasure. Without his spirit, it is so draining to pour out, especially to our family members, to people in church. But with his spirit, it's effortless. The more he fills you, the more equipped you'll be for your assignment. 
Don't go through life unequipped when he has given you access to himself every single day. What you're called to do, where you are right now at that job, in school, wherever you are, he has equipped you and given you tools to walk in that every single day. Do you believe that? So Galatians 5, 16, 21 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. The Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two factors are constantly fighting each other. Your spirit, his spirit, and our sinful nature, they're constantly fighting so we're not free to carry out our good intentions. And it continues to say, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And just to name a few, it says idolatry, quarreling, jealousy, and selfish ambition. I don't know what that was. It's my phone? <gasps> what? I thought that was a TV. Okay, I'm going to read that again. Okay, so these two forces are constantly fighting. And so it lists all the things that we can kind of, we can take on if we aren't living in the spirit. And it, just to name a few, it says idolatry, quarreling, jealousy, and selfish ambition. And so as we're serving, we, we're not living in his spirit, but we're serving, we're doing his work, we're doing what he's called us to do, but we're, we're taking on all these attributes that are not of his spirit. And the, on the opposite side, when we are living in his spirit, it can become our compass. So I want to kind of turn it around and show you what it can be like when we are walking in his spirit. Because see, what we lack, he fills. So whatever you're doing, if you, if you are still living in his, with his spirit in your life and you still feel unequipped, still feel like you can't do this, just look at it this way. Whatever you lack... His spirit is there with the fruits of the spirit to give you what you don't have. Does that make sense? So look at it like that. We need Jesus. We need him. And as you continue to walk this out every single day, you'll become, you'll have a desire for just him. But we need to look at his spirit in this way, and he is here to help us. Amen, church? So the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Does anybody need some of that in this place? Because I know I do. He's given us access to every single one of these things to carry out his will. So you are not disqualified. You are talented and anointed to do what God has placed before you. So like I said, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're a graphic designer, if you are serving in your local church, you are called and anointed by God, so he will equip you to do it. And we cannot do it in our own strength. So I want to encourage you guys tonight um, with one more scripture and then a story. <laughs> one of these, one of the, this is the scripture that I love to read, and um, it's in my room. And it's really a prayer that I love to pray over myself. And it's Psalms 143, 10. It says, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on firm footing. He's your God. He knows what's best for you. He's not going to let you down. 
and lead you somewhere that you're not supposed to be. So just trust him where he's placed you right now, and he's going to equip you. Amen. So the story I have tonight is I was trying to think of something that a time in my life where I've given into my feelings more than listening to God. And God, God reminded me of this story. And it's not that funny, but it's funny to me because I know how I am. And so I was 13 years old. I, I took piano lessons when I was eight or nine, and then I quit because I didn't want to play it anymore. I told my parents that I hated it. <laughs> and then I started picking it back up again when I was like 13. And I just started, I, I know it was God giving me a desire just to learn it again. And my dad comes up to me one day, and he's like, hey, so we need somebody to play piano at church. And the church is like two years old probably like 25 people, and I was so nervous, y'all. <laughs> I was so nervous, and I was like, I don't know how I got out of it. If y'all know my dad, I don't know how I got out of it, but I got out of it, and I told him no, that I was not ready, and he was like, okay, okay, next time you're going to go, and I'm like, okay, thinking I'm not going to do it, and he asked me a couple more times, and I don't know how I got out of it, like I said, but I didn't play the next few times, and so, eventually, because y'all know I play piano now, so eventually I said yes, and I did it, and I grew. I was really nervous, but I did it, and I continued to grow. God continued to um, just, you know, grow my gift and talent, and so you never know what will happen if you just say yes, first of all, but you never know what will happen if you live in the fullness that God has called you to in your position. So... I love you guys, and hope y'all were encouraged by that tonight. That was awesome. Let's give her one more hand clap, because that was too good. Uh, uh, who knows that when you're called right, it doesn't matter about your talents, or it doesn't matter how good you are. As long as you follow the Jesus, the God on the inside of you, you're capable of anything, right? Anything that he calls you to do. As long as you trust more, not on you, your ability, but on God's, you know, enormous, anything's possible person, God inside of you. Believe in that. You can do anything that he's called you to do. Great word, Haley. That was awesome. For the uh, final person who's going to close us out, uh, he is uh, one of the directors for our Covenant Kids. He is a very creative guy. Um, what I like about this person is like it's it's cool to be creative once or twice, but when you're constant like consistently creative, that's special. You know, like I have a good idea every once in a while, but this guy's like it's like a machine. Um, so if you want to welcome, help me welcome up Justin Montez, <laughs> Covenant Kids Director. All right. Good evening, everybody. So in thinking about what we were going to speak tonight, we were told that we were going to be speaking on servant leadership. Uh, spent a lot of time praying and dwelling on it. And the word that God kept giving me to speak about was the word gift. So much of what we do when we serve is giving. Giving, like Haley says, a lot of what I'm going to talk about is going to touch on what they talked about, which is great. It means the spirit of God's in it. It all lines up, and it's perfect. So is giving 
it gets draining to give sometimes. Um, I have three kids, and I have a beautiful wife that helps me take care of them now. They're great. But maintaining those relationships and maintaining everything that needs to be done, working with children in the children's department, sometimes giving can be draining. So I, that has hit me multiple times. And sometimes you have to deal with whether or not you're going to be bitter about it, what you're going to do with what you feel about what's on your plate. So I, um, I remember the first time that God really kind of did it, started to talk to me about giving and what, and what it means is uh, we had, it was a time when Pastor Bobby would have people come up here. It, during our offerings, they would, still, they would come up and they would present the offering. They would pray over the offering. And I thought to myself, if I'm ever going to get up there and speak for that, what would I say to that? And see, I was, the way I was raised, it, almost every time there was an offering, they always brought up the scripture uh, that says, give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. And I started to think about that. Like, Okay, so if I start to give, that means that God's going to start to overflow. And then I started to dwell on the idea of an overflow. Now, the thing is, if you start to overflow, God's not wasteful. God's not going to let that go to waste. When, when God gives you something, he is watching to see where you position yourself to deal with what he's given you. When you give of your time, when you give of your money or in tithes and offering, to God, when you serve others, you are positioning yourself to pour out what God has given you. God's love, God's mercy, God's spirit overflows from us, and there is a place to put it. The way we position ourselves to uh, deal with people and to pour this out is we have to, like Miss Deidre said, we have to pray for people. We have to pray for people, even, even the people that bother us. We have to pray for everyone. Um, and when we pray for them, because we have that word, because we have the word that when we give of what God has freely given us, that there will be an overflow, we can expect for God to do something in us. That's why it... After a while, when you learn to get into the habit of giving of yourself, of serving other people, you begin to get in the habit of relying on God to give you what you poured out. Because there is a sense of emptiness when you pour yourself out to someone, when you give of your life, when you give of your time and your thoughts. There is a sense of emptiness, but it's the faithfulness of God to, that causes us to overflow so that we can give it in other places. God will not leave us high and dry. Um, there is, I mean, this is something that God, that God had to really deal with me on. Because I remember um, I was up here one time and there, we had had an altar call and I came up here and um, it was when Pastor Drew was here. And Pastor Drew, and he came and prayed for me. 
And he said to me, uh, he kept praying over me, deep wells, the deep wells. And I started getting kind of cocky about it because that sounds good to me because I know that where there's deep wells, when, there, when things are dry around you, when there's deep wells, there's still water there. And I thought to myself, like, I was really excited about it. Like, I, I thought that was cool. I thought that, you know, so when, no matter what happens, God knows that I'm faithful. That's why God's given me this word. But um, a couple months after that, I had a friend. And this friend, when we'd go over to his house, and it really tripped me out the first time it happened, is when we would hang out, we'd be hanging out just like you would normally. We, we may not have even talked about God in those moments, in those hangouts, but randomly he would say, all right, come here. And he, it was him and his dad the first time and some other people, and they'd ushered me into the living room, and they're just kind of sitting all on a corner staring at me, like sitting on the couch looking at me. I was like, what's about to happen here? But what he would do is he would bring us in there, and he, he would pray with us. Whenever he would have a guest in his house, he would pray with us. So one of the other times, two months after I'd gotten that word from Pastor Drew, he came and prayed, and he told me the same thing. He said, God, God says you're like a well. And I started getting excited again. I thought, well, you know, when you get two words, that's, that's when I really start dwelling and thinking about it. So I started praying on this, this well thing, like, and what God told me, he says, you're a well, but I didn't call you to be a well. See, the thing about a well, even though it's deep, even though you can get water, you know where to go to get water. You know to go to the well to get water. You have to work for it. You have to go and lower a bucket, bring it up, and, and retrieve the water. So much of the serving that I had done in my life at that point was expecting others to come to me, like expecting a divine opportunity to come to me, to minister to people, to share the, the spirit of God in me, where the waters were in me. And after he told me that I did not call you to be, the, be a well, he said, I called you to be a spring. The difference between a spring and a well is that when a, a spring you have to retrieve from, but a, a, I mean, a well you have to retrieve from, but a spring springs up from the ground. A spring will come up and meet you where you are. And not only does the spring come up, but it overflows in the area that it comes from. We have rivers. We have lakes. We have things that come from springs because the earth couldn't hold it anymore, and it overflowed. God was telling me that I have called you to overflow and to speak to people. Uh, what Miss Deidre was talking about earlier about um, praying for your pastor and praying for the people around you. Our church was started not because past our pastor had a goal um, of reaching 100, even though that may have been on his heart, but he, he would start with the one. You start by pouring out your spirit to those around you, those connected to you. God showed me, when he was talking to me about this, he showed me, um, like, you ever seen those champagne uh, glass towers? They set them all up. Well, we're in church, so sparkling grape juice, whatever. <laughs> but, but he showed me that. And the thing about those is, if you pour into the top glass, 
If you pour into the top glass, once that top glass begins to fill up and begins to overflow, it flows on to the next glass. And when that glass fills up, it flows on to the next glass. You may not be the top tier. You may not be called to be the pastor. You may not be called to be in certain things. But God will always position people underneath you to receive from you what he has given you. So where am I at time-wise? 56 seconds. All right, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you, Mr. Caleb. Yeah, let's give him one more hand clap. That was awesome, Justin. Who knows, right? There's a difference because you can't contain what God has on the inside of you. And what, I love what Justin was saying. Like when you um, accept God's call in your life, it doesn't just affect you, right? When you accept, you know, God's call and, you know, and to do his purpose, it doesn't affect you. Now it affects the people around you. And that's what Jesus you know, once when we follow him is that we don't just keep them to ourselves, right? We start blessing our family and our friends and the people around us that God has called us to. Did, now, I think that's awesome. So one more hand clap, Justin. That was awesome. Did y'all did y'all enjoy tonight? Y'all like these three for tens? Y'all like them hearing? Because we have so many voices in this church that this that they, they deserve, you know, to be able to have this platform because they got so much Jesus on the inside of them. So I think these nights are awesome. There's so many leaders in this church. Um, but as we're closing out tonight, and we, you know, in being in your place, and you're saying, you know, I heard what Justin and Deidre and Haley was, were saying, you know. Um, like Justin was saying, like being the overflow. And Miss Deidre about praying for your pastors in your church and your city. And how Haley was saying, like, you know, it's not about your strengths. It's about how strong God is on the inside of you. And if we want to take that step, so whatever head bowed and eyes closed. If you're in this place, you're saying, you know what, I want to accept, I want to step into what they were talking about tonight. We're going to pray. God, I thank you, God, that starting tonight from this point on forward, God, that we're going to take prayer seriously, God, for our pastors, for our church, for our city, God. Thank you that starting tonight, Father, that we are going to be the overflow, that when you pour into us, we're not going to keep it to ourselves, but we're going to distribute like the way you called us to, to, the, to our friends, to our family, and to the people around us, God. And I thank you, God, like from starting tonight, we're not going to keep ourselves limited to who we are, but we're going to believe that you're capable of all things. And so when you call us to do something, we're not going to hesitate, and we're just going to trust your spirit um, that the end will come to pass because it's you who did it. God, I thank you right now that our faith is being lifted, God, that we're choosing to follow after you no matter what. In the name of Jesus, amen.
mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.